Marla must be giving them a bath. He looked at his watch again. Of course she is. And on any other evening, she would have been. He cracked the oven, sniffing the cheese and tomato sauce, oregano and basil, green peppers and mushrooms. And for the first few seconds, the scents pleasured him, making him feel as warm as the crust, gently browning before his eyes. Truth be told, Brian would have liked it even better if there were pepperoni on his pizza, even the vegan variety, although the latter would have been at odds with everything Marla had held dear about the family's diet. She had always been firmly opposed to priming the girls for meat-eating by offering them soy and any of its carnivorous impersonations. He had to sneak his meat. He and a professor in MIT's math department scooted off together for Hamburger Wednesdays at Tasty Burger in Harvard Square. Both their spouses would have considered their clandestine affairs with hamburgers to be culinary slumming. His midweek lunch was only one of many secrets Brian kept from Marla. He kept even more from his colleagues. He turned from the oven and saw the chopping block wiped clean, just the way the fastidious Marla always left it, except for the cleaver with its thick, dark handle. It lay a foot away with fresh red smears. Worse, far worse, than anything he'd ever seen on a slide. Then he noticed the spatters on the counter and cabinets, so vivid he could not help imagining the red spray, as if the cleaver were at work right now. And there was Marla's engagement diamond, in its exquisite setting, gleaming on the tile counter. Her gold band stood on its side inches away, as if awaiting her finger to slip inside. Finger? Oh no, he murmured, for his eyes were roaming past the chopping block to the tile, where Marla's ring finger lay in a pool of blood. His Adam's apple moved. Only then did he realize he was fighting an eruption of bile. His hand slipped a Wusthof chef knife from its polished wooden perch on the counter. He wanted to back away, retreat through the door he'd just entered and run down the street. But he couldn't. Marla, Esme, Erica. Shamed by his own fright, Brian had to force himself to take the first step. Already he felt sentenced to death. Before reaching the living room, he spotted a tall, bulky man in black overalls and a black ski mask standing on the inside of the wide passageway, and realized that he must have been watching him the entire time. Startled, Brian raised the knife. The man shook his head patiently, didn't even point his black pistol at him. Didn't need to. Brian simply dropped the blade. He was no match. He knew it even then. The point stuck in the floor and the handle shuddered, as if a sudden chill had swept through the house. Keep coming, the gunman said. Two more men, also masked and fully attired in black, sat forward on a long cinnamon-colored couch as Brian made his way past original oils by renowned contemporaries and over hand-loomed carpets that he and Marla had purchased on vacations in the Middle East and Asia. He found his wife sitting between the pair of masked men. Her mouth was duct-taped, eyes wet and red, so was one of her bloody gauze-covered hands. Brian realized she was in shock, pained beyond any bounds she had ever known. He tried to rush to her side. The behemoth with the gun, trailing silently behind him, grabbed Brian's arm. His strength was enormous. The girls, Brian asked, terrified. He realized he was begging. The fear he'd known in the garage had returned, with good reason. Where are they? No one answered. Not with words, not yet. The shorter of the two men on the couch rose 
telling Brian to sit next to his wife. Hold her hand. It sounded like he was smiling. Brian couldn't tell through the ski mask. He walked over to Marla, who did not raise her eyes to him. Her long hair had fallen forward, crowding her fine features, blocking most of her eyes and the corners of her mouth. Red streaks tinged the left side of her handsome blonde cut, as though she'd tried to push it out of her face and failed. She fell against him, sobbing behind the gag of gray tape. Are the girls all right? Brian asked the short man, who appeared to be in charge. Despite his height, he looked strong, thick in the legs, torso, and neck, like a hardcore bodybuilder. They're fine, he told him. Tied up at the moment. Promise? Brian asked from what he recognized was a position of complete weakness. But he was wrong. They are right now. But they won't be if you don't cooperate with us. Brian didn't.